Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Verses 1 through 7 says this. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be with a guest, to be the guest of a notorious sinner. The the people grumbled. God, thank you for this word. God, bless this word today. Make it plain. Make it powerful. Make it practical. Make it applicable. God, I pray that my tongue is articulate, my heart is pure, and my mind is fresh this morning. I stand as your ambassador, God. Use me like you've never used me before. God, bless us today so that when we leave here, we can say that we understand what it means to be imperfectly perfect, to be used by you. God, we thank you so much today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're just now starting a brand new series today. So if you're in a house, you are blessed to be a part of the launch of a brand new series entitled No Perfect People Allowed. And so this is the opportunity where I'm going to give all of my perfect and holier-than-thou people the opportunity to exit the building. I don't see a mass exodus, so I'll assume that none of us are perfect and that I am in good company this morning. This new series is entitled No Perfect People Allowed. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because we are at a a critical point in our faith throughout the world where the church, according to statistics, is dying. Specifically in this great, wonderful, free nation called America. And, 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 and I'm led to believe that there are several reasons why the church here in this free nation that we call America is dying. But I want to focus on one that I'm confident you all have experienced as well. Last week, I kind of asked this question, how many of you have had a bad church experience? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know that if you are sitting in this place, you have had a bad church experience. 
And what happens is a lot of times bad church experiences cause people to not just give up on church, but to give up on God. And this is, my brothers and sisters, a big part of the reason I believe the church in America is dying. We have too many rules, too many restrictions, too many judgments. Many people come to church and feel like they're in a courtroom, not a place of redemption and love. And this is why I personally and firmly believe that the church is dying in this so-called free nation of America. We expect people to come through these doors already healed. We expect people to come through these doors already in a better place. But they're coming to this place because this place is a spiritual hospital. They're coming to this place because they're in search of healing. They're in search of connection. They're in search of what they couldn't find outside of these doors. But we have made it difficult. They're not wearing the right clothes, either they're dressed up or too dressed down, uh, 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 they, they, they don't look holy, they, they, they look like they just came from the club, and maybe they did, but they found their way to your church. That's a great opportunity to present Jesus, okay? They, 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 they don't look like you, they don't act like you, they don't hang out with you, they, they pulled up in the parking lot and they had the booming system and you judged them because of that. It took me a long time to embrace church, and, in, and, and then the result of that was it took me a long time to accept Jesus. That's my own personal confession. Why? Because I, every time I went to church, uh, I was judged because I wore two earrings or, or I didn't wear a suit or a tie. In my young age, they judged me because of these things, and I did not want to ever go to church, and I didn't believe in this so-called Jesus. I had to get down to my lowest point. Before I began to see Jesus for who he was. And today, I want to tell you, there are no perfect people allowed. Not at Mosaic Church. At the church somewhere else, sure. You know, if they, you know there are some perfect, holier-than-thou, uh, Pentecostal, religious, and all of this stuff. But listen, in this place, if you are imperfect, if you are flawed, if you are jacked up, if you have some mess in your life, if you're struggling with something like as I'm speaking, baby, you in the right place. you in good company. And today, I want you to be at ease and let your hair down because I'm going to get in your face and talk about how God uses imperfect people to do perfect things for the world, and it benefits him and you at the same time. Amen? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a very interesting person in so many ways. Zacchaeus was flawed, not because of his status. Yes, he was flawed because of his status as a chief tax collector, but he was flawed because he was short. I'm serious. I'm not saying he was flawed because God made him short, but we understand that sometimes short people have problems. They try to make up for what God didn't give them. Don't laugh. Y'all know some of them people, right? They buy big houses. They buy big cars. They wear big jewelry. I'm, come on, y'all. They get tall women or tall men to make up for their shortness. Well, Zacchaeus is no different than these people I'm identifying. He was short. So I can imagine Zacchaeus in his young age. Now, just so you know, 
The word short used in this particular scripture, if it, when we translate it, it literally means an, a, a child in, a, in an undeveloped body. This was a grown man we're talking about in a child's body that was undeveloped. So can you imagine? Y'all think that he was like popular? No, they, 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 back in the day, we used a term called ribbed. They ribbed on him. They joked on him. They played the Jones with him. They made him feel bad. They ridiculed him. I guarantee it. So Zacchaeus was looking for ways to make up for his shortness. So what did he do? Well, Zacchaeus heard about the Romans. They're offering land. Hey, 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 Jewish people, listen, I know we've defeated y'all and we beat y'all, we conquered y'all, but I'll tell you what, got an idea. We want to expand our empire, but we're going to let y'all get in on it. We will lease land for you in particular regions, and you guys can charge taxes to your own people. And guess what? Charge whatever you want. Just give us this percentage. Zacchaeus looked at this opportunity as a ripe opportunity. Wow, they teased me all my life. They judged me because I'm short. The girls overlooked me. Nobody took me to prom. I couldn't go out on a date because I was short. And when I, when, I, when I think of Zacchaeus, you know, I picture Boss Hogg. Okay, maybe oh, y'all don't. Okay, what, what about the guy from, you know, Despicable Me? You know what I mean? I, I picture this little bald dude. Now, that guy was tall, but I picture him looking like bald and sort of, or, or the guy from uh, Mike Myers' show. What was that? Uh, not Shrek, the little guy. Yeah, like mini-me. I pictured that. That's what Zacchaeus probably looked like. So he was teased. And Zacchaeus like, you know what? Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm about to fix these people. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lease some of, these, some of this land, and I'm going to charge my people. I'm going to get rich because if I'm rich, I can have all the honeys I want. If, if I'm rich, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging with the cool people. And if the cool people don't want to hang with me, I'll buy them because I'm rich. So Zacchaeus had this plan. I'm going I'm to be one of the first ones. See, Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. What does that mean? He had subordinates under him. He had other tax collectors that worked under him. So watch how Zacchaeus worked. This dude was deep. He was short, but he was big in thinking. Zacchaeus was a smart businessman. He says, you know what? I'm going to be a chief tax collector. All of this land, I'm going to charge people taxes, right? And then I'm going to hire me some, some little minions to work under me. So I'm going to take a commission from the taxes they collect, and I'm going to collect taxes on top of it. So I'm going to be filthy rich. And the Bible tells us that he was wealthy. He made up for his shortness. He was flawed. He was imperfect. He was, he, it was a bad deal. And here's the thing, regular tax collectors were looked at as worse than sinners. Just if you were just a tax collector, not a tax collector that had minions, they were looked at as worse than sinners. I mean, we, we can look at, we can go back to when, when Jesus encountered Levi, who was Matthew, which is, who wrote the book of Matthew, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Same thing, tax collector. But Jesus, for some reason, had this special affinity toward these people. Jewish people hated him. Why? Because you're selling your people out. You're partnering with people that destroyed our temple. You're partnering with people that killed us, that don't like us, don't agree with our, 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 our theology. You're partnering with all of these people, and you're robbing your own people. Shame on you, tax collectors. This is why they hated them. And if there was a law that permitted Jewish people to every now and again kill them, I think they would have killed them by the bunches. 
Tax collectors were hated. Chief tax collectors, they were really hated. And here you have Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is in town, and Jesus has to come a certain route. And Zacchaeus, a grown little man, busts his way through thousands of people in his cockiness, his arrogance, his richness. I mean, in, in, in his status, he busts his way through just like a little kid desperate to see Santa Claus on Christmas. He busts his way through. He's anxious. He climbs a tree, a grown man, mind you. This is something that only kids did. So people are looking at him like, yo, this grown man, he's wealthy. He's like the man. Imagine Donald Trump doing something like that. He's wealthy. What is he going crazy for trying to get? He can pay his way to see Jesus. But no, he, he decides to climb a tree like a kid because he was that desperate to make sure that he got a glimpse of Jesus, but also prayerfully Jesus would get a glimpse of him. Why do you think Zacchaeus was desperate for that? I believe that Zacchaeus realized that in his flaws and in his perfect, imperfect self, that all the wealth he'd gained was not as hype as he thought it would be. Yeah, I got all the money. Yeah, I got all the honeys. Yeah, I got respect. But it's still something missing. I need to climb this tree and see this man who's performing miracles in the lives of people. I need to climb this tree and see this man who, who has a tax collector as one of his disciples. I need to climb this tree to have this man possibly make eyes with me so that he can see that I'm not satisfied being a tax collector. I would rather be one of your disciples like the one you chose earlier in the book of Luke. I believe that he was tired of his status. Status wasn't enough. Money wasn't enough. I need Jesus. Anybody in here need Jesus this morning? And this is, this is what I want to share with you based upon this scripture. I want to show you three truths about Jesus and you using this scripture as our roadmap, if you will, and Zacchaeus' story. The first truth I want to share with you, if you're taking notes, is that Jesus, Jesus notices. Jesus notices. Jesus notices. Zacchaeus, a wealthy man, did two things that someone in his status would not do. Two things. Thousands of people wanting to see Jesus, and here he is like a little boy running through the crowd, climbing the tree, desperate to see Jesus. He runs through the crowd, bumping people out of the way. That's number one. He climbs the tree, wanting to see Jesus. Number two, he looks like a, he looks crazy. He looks plumb out of his mind. You can hire somebody to, I mean, you've got so much money, your status. He does two things. He Runs, it looks idiotic, it looks crazy. But here's the thing that Jesus does that was considered crazy at that time. Jesus, with thousands of eyewitnesses, thousands of people watching his every move, Jesus walks right through the crowd in the same manner that Zacchaeus did, went directly to the tree that Zacchaeus was on, stopped at that tree, 
looked up at, at Zacchaeus, called him out by name, and said, let me go to your house to break bread with you. He noticed him in that moment, not for, for who he was or the badness. He intentionally noticed him in front of thousands of people, forever changing how we would deal with people every day. Every day, he, how we would change. He would change how we deal with people every day. Jesus walks right up to him. There's never been a time ever, this is for you, where God took his eyes off of you. Ever. The good, every time you won something, every time you were celebrated, yeah, God was like, a boy, a girl, good job. Every time you fail, he saw that. Every time you, you, you doubted him, he was a witness. Every time you, 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 you praised him, he received it. Every time you got on your bended knee seeking him for something greater than you could do on your own, he was there. Jesus always noticed. He noticed Zacchaeus doing all of his stuff, how he was taking advantage of his people. He noticed that, 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 that Zacchaeus was trying to make up for his shortcomings, no pun intended. He, he noticed that, that Zacchaeus was, was doing a lot of ill in the community, but what he noticed more than anything was Zacchaeus' heart. And I'm here to tell you today, he notices whatever your past is, just like you notice. He knows whatever your struggles are. He knows whatever your challenge with. He knows what you're working through right now. But here's what I want to tell you. He also notices your heart. And if your heart is pure and desperate for him, he certainly knows that. And he desperately loves you anyway. Regardless of your past, I don't care what you did an hour before you came to this building. God is not thinking about that. He's thinking about where you are right now, where your heart is. He notices everything. He doesn't care about your past. Listen, if I read the Bible from the index to the maps, all he's ever done is use imperfect people to do miracles, perfect miracles in the lives of others. He's always used people who were flawed or, or disqualified or not qualified to do great things for this faith called Christianity, for this world, for history, for everything that we believe in knowing. He's always used flawed, jacked up people, never looked at their past, never looked at their present present situation, never even judged them when they doubted him. He just performed in their life. Why? Because they had a heart that was, that was pointed toward him. They had a heart that was pure for him. Yeah, I'm a mess, but God, it's you that I require. It's you that I need. It's you that I want. It's you that I desire in my life to make the change. He notices, and he noticed that about Zacchaeus. This is why he walked through the crowd of thousands of people. People, Jesus, Jesus, help me, heal me. My mama need this. My daddy need that. I need this. No, 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 no. I need to get to this tree because there's, there's this guy right here. He needs me. I hear his voice. I hear y'all. I'm not ignoring you, but I need to get to Zacchaeus. And watch what happens. He changes completely. Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. He has subordinates under him. Do you know when he changed Zacchaeus' heart, when he changed Zacchaeus' life, that Zacchaeus went and talked to his subordinates? He went and talked with other chief tax collectors. Do you know that that whole thing was changed because Jesus decided to have a meal with this cat? That's a big deal. 
That's a huge deal. And he's saying the same thing for you. I don't care about your past. I don't care what you're struggling with. You are perfect for what I'm getting ready to do in your life. Give me your heart. Here's the second thing I want to share with you, a truth about Jesus and you. Jesus lifts you up. One of my favorite scriptures, old school, is, is that line in the 23rd Psalm, you prepare a table before, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I, and, and I often look, when I look at that table, I, I see myself, and, 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 and I know God. Y'all know God don't do things small. Now, he did make us from dirt. I still question why he chose dirt and not something royal. But I, I, I work through that. I'm working through that. Amen? I'm working through that. He could have chose gold to make us, but he said dirt. All right, we'll deal with that. But, but, but he does everything else big and, and wonderful and beautiful. And so when I think about this table he prepares for me in the presence of my enemies, well, you, the first, my first thought, and I'm sure it's yours, is, well, who, who, who would be in the audience? Who would be sitting there watching me feast on filet mignon? I mean, fresh, the best, top of the line filet mignon and lobster tails. Excuse those with allergies, but, you know, I can, I can dine in the Croatian area. You know, I can eat that stuff. And, 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 and so, uh, listen, who are those people sitting there? I always wonder. I know the meal is going to be good and great, but who are those people who are I get to kind of boast about Jesus with. And I begin to go through my mind, and I think, oh, it's the people that were like, man, you're not going to mount to much, man. Oh, it, it, it's, it's the girl that told me no when I was a little boy and broke my little heart. It, it's, it's, it's family members that says, when are you going to get a real job? Oh, come on, y'all. As a musician, yeah, they say that. Uh, it's, 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 come on, amen. Huh? It's, it's the doubters. It's the naysayers. It's the people saying, man, you still holding on to this church? Man, why don't you give up already? And I sit there and I look and I says, yeah, yeah, watch me eat. It's good too. And I see myself licking my fingers, just breaking all kind of etiquette rules, right? <laughs> Yummy. Don't you wish you were me, you know? And I sit there and I think about that. And this is what he did for Zacchaeus. He called him out in front of thousands, and they hated it. They're like, why him? You cut through the crowd to get to this dude? This dude just ran my pockets. I can't even pay my bills because I'm required to pay him, and you pay attention to him? How dare you, Jesus? How dare you? And this is how, how, how I look at my life, and this is how I look at it for you. Jesus lifts you up. He will lift you up in front of your haters and, and, your, and those people who doubt you. He will lift you up in front of those people who said you couldn't do a certain thing. He will lift you up right in front of them, but you have to be a willing vessel. Notice Zacchaeus didn't hesitate. When Jesus said, come down, take me to your crib, I, I can imagine Zacchaeus in his stature. Come on, Jesus, come on. I live right over here. Dragging him through the crowd, looking at people, ha, 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 look who come to have a meal with me. You thought it's going to be, ha, ha, ha. He's boasting, I'm sure, and just dragging Jesus, just like a little kid. He's become this wealthy man. He's very successful. But all of a sudden, Jesus recognizes him, and he's become a little boy all over again. Like Santa Claus actually came down his chimney, and he's excited. And it's the same thing that happens with you and I. 
When you do things that people said you couldn't do, when you are doing stuff that people said you were not qualified to do, stuff that you didn't even think you were qualified to do, and all of a sudden God blesses you to do it, and people are looking at, how the heck did that happen to you? You don't even have a degree in that. You didn't even train for that. I've been busting my butt taking the L set. How the heck did you get with the top law firm in this country? How did that happen? And all you can do is say, it got to be Jesus. They're looking at you. Wondering how you've been blessed. Because you took all your flaws, your mess, and all your imperfectness and presented it to Jesus. And he used it and made it redeemable and prepared this feast in the presence of your enemies. There's a word in the Bible that says, <laughs> I love this one too. He says, and your enemies will be your footstool. Woo-wee! That's another one of my favorites. I, ooh, I love that. And the thing is, I don't really know who my haters are. I might be imagining that I have haters, but I can feel it sometimes. You know, nobody ever says it to my face, oh, man, you suck. You know, you hear stuff through the grapevine like, oh, man, you know, or when you tell somebody, oh, you know, perfect example, you know, somebody like, what did somebody say to me the other day? Man, you still married? Like, why are you surprised? <laughs> Hater. Hater. Look at this table. I'm going to prepare. That's why I Instagram for those people who, who those, those. So you still marry people? That's why I Instagram. Look at my wife. Look at me. Look at my wife. Look at me. You wish you could do this. It's not to be braggadocious, but it's really for the people who are like, you still married or you still doing the music thing? No, it's not a music thing. It's called a career. It's a vocation. It's how I pay my bills. You might, you know, punch somebody's clock, but thank God I have the flexibility to work two or three hours and make what it takes you to make in a whole week. Not bragging, but hey, that's called a career. It's a big difference. Yo, you still doing the church thing? It's not a church thing. I'm a pastor, fool. Are you doing the church thing? When was the last time you stepped foot in the church? (laughs) It's not a thing. And I'm sure there are people in here who, who have phenomenal businesses and, and stuff like that. I know my good friend that probably walk up to him and say, hey, man, you still doing a real estate thing? It's not a real estate thing. It's a career, fool. Matter of fact, let me sell you a house. <laughs> are you still doing a workout thing? It's not a thing. It's my career. It's a vocation. Look it up in a dictionary. Perhaps you might want to do that. God uses imperfect people to do perfectly wonderful things. And, 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 and so anyway, I got off on a tangent there. He will lift you up. In the presence of your enemies. And he did that to Zacchaeus. He, he lifted him up when, in front of his enemies. Here's the thing. Let me tell you something. Watch this. When we can't see our true value because of our own past and things that have happened to us, God says, I can see your value in spite of your past and what has happened to you. I love my favorite scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. They're, they're for, for bad. It doesn't say that, does it? They're therefore something that you just don't know about. No, he says, I know the plans I have for you, and they are for good. They are for good, for good. 
They are for good. So whenever you are doubting yourself because whatever your past is, whenever you're feeling not qualified enough, whenever you're feeling down about yourself, go back to Jeremiah 29. Put it on your mirror, your rearview mirror in your car, the mirror in your house. Put it on everything. Break that your back screen on your, on your cell phone. I know the plans I have for you, and they are for good. Your haters may say something else. Your, those people, those doubters, those naysayers may say differently, but I, the great I am, God Almighty, I know the plans I have for you, and they are for good. That's all. That's it. I'm done. You ain't even got to preach no more, Pastor B. That's all I need today. I'm good. I'm full now. I know the plans. I love when haters doubt me. That's fine. God knows the plans. Even when I doubt myself, God knows the plans. When I'm feeling secure about the next level and I'm feeling not qualified or, God, it's not time for that, God says, I know. You don't need to know. Just trust that I know, and I'm daddy, and I got this. You just move. That's good. I'm, that's good. I'm, I ain't man all by myself this morning. That's good. That's good. When the world trips you up, Jesus is there to lift you up. Third and final thing, Jesus wants you. He wants you. And that's such a, that's just so cliche. That's just so, so elementary. Duh. I mean, obviously, Jesus wants us. We, you know, even if I'm not a Christian, Christians tell me that Jesus wants me. Even if I'm not a believer, I I hear that all the time. I want you. Jesus wants me. And I I get that. And if I understand the Great Commission and all, you know, Jesus wants me. But what does that really, really mean? The hardest thing for many of us to grasp, even in this room, is that no matter what we've done, God still wants to have a personal relationship with us. Even me, the flawed pastor, when I make a mistake and I do something wrong, I I know God loves me, but it's still hard to believe it. Like, dude, I messed up. And you know why? Can I just break it down to you? You know why it's so hard for us to believe it? Because people in our lives have said the same thing. No matter what you do, I still love you. But parents judge us when we make bad decisions. Huh? Can I be honest? Right? I've been kicked out the house before. Jesus has never kicked me out. I'm being real. Uh, you broke somebody's heart or, or, or something like that, or you hurt somebody, and nobody wants to forgive you. But they said they would. No matter what you've done, they will still love you. They will still accept you, and, and then they don't do it. And so when it happens to us on this side of heaven in our carnal world, it's hard to believe that a God that we can't see will really extend that kind of grace to us. Because all I've seen in my own life is people telling me, I got your back no matter what. But when I mess up, they don't really have my back. They're judging me. They got stuff to say about me. And they're always bringing up my past. But Jesus doesn't. So it's hard for me to translate that into believing that he could actually extend that kind of grace. Because I've not experienced that here on earth. This is where y'all got to get heavenly. This is where where you got to get outside of your carnal thinking. This is where you got to really begin to, this is why the Bible is important for you to read and understand. If I read the Bible from the index to the maps, watch this. Whenever God made a promise, he kept it. I'm serious. Whenever he made a promise, he kept it. It may not have happened in the timeline that the people wanted it to happen, but doggone it, my God kept his promise every single time. If you don't believe me, I dare you to read your Bible. That's, that's, that's how I set y'all up. That's how I set y'all up to get y'all to be Bible readers. 
I'm telling you the truth. And when God says, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, regardless of your past, I still love you. I know that, that, that people that you live with, people that you see daily, people in your family that have the same last name as you, said the same thing and didn't follow through like they said, I am not that way. I am not a man that I would lie. Ooh. And this is why it's hard for us to embrace that. But I'm telling you today, if you don't embrace that, you will not be moving on. If you can't embrace the fact, listen, back in the day before Jesus sacrificed himself for you and I, if you did certain sins, that meant death. It didn't mean jail. No, no, no. no, We don't do jail. We do death. How you want to die today? We chop your head off or you're going to be crucified. Choose your poison. Literally. Before he did that, it meant death. We will stone you to death. We will behead you. We will crucify you. But Jesus died for our sins. And now the grace has been extended. Somebody in this room, I guarantee y'all all at some point today or this past week or later in the week, you will sin. Take a minute and pause and think, yo, this one little thing, this one little white lie, this one little uh, 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 false thing that I'm doing. Some time ago, literally meant that I would be dead. They would kill me. And today, all I have to do is say, God, forgive me. I I, I jacked up. You know I'm a mess. And that's why he made us from mud. That's why he made us from dirt. He knew that he'd be dealing with messy people. He knew that, you know, for the rest of of creation, I'm going to have to deal with a mess. So I'm going to use a mess to make a mess, but make it beautiful and redeem it back to me. Man, that's good if I say so myself. He started with dirt because he knew that's what he'd be dealing with messy people, you and I. He started with dirt because that's what he'd be dealing with forever. But dirt is the only, only thing that you can put something in and it'll grow. You can't put a seed in gold and expect something to grow from it. You can't put a seed in copper and expect, you can't put a seed in in concrete and expect it to grow. Only thing you can put something in and expect a return is dirt. And God said, I'm going to make my people out of dirt. So this way I can put these seeds in them, and I will fertilize them with my word. Woo! I'm preaching to myself this morning. Good Lord. Woo! That's good to me. He knew what he was doing when he started with dirt. I want to tell you something. All that God needs to perform a miracle in your life is all that you have. I'll say that again. That, that went over here. All that God needs to perform a miracle in your life is all that you have. What do I have? Whatever you have. You is just enough. Your mess, your imperfections, your struggles, your addictions, your inadequacies, all of those things, all he needs is all you have to perform a miracle. You just need to present it. Ain't no perfect people allowed in this place. God likes to use messy people. All God needs is what you have. Hebrews, I want to share this scripture, and then we're going to get out of here. Hebrews 10, 14, I love this. This is the message version. Check this out. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for our sins, and that was it. Then he sat down right beside God and waited for his enemies to cave in. This is the part I want you to get. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to 
perfect some very imperfect people. Thank you. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. Let me make it plain. He did that for all of us. He did that for you. He did that for me. He did it for your grandma, your granddad. He did it for your mom, your dad. He did it for your future generations. He did that for us. It was a perfect man, a guiltless man, never ever did anything sinful, died for a bunch of sinful people. That's a big doggone deal. That's a big doggone deal. Here's what I want you to do. Get this. This is really good. You might want to write this one down. It's not in your notes. You might want to write it down. You might want to write it down. Let's see how Pentecostal we can get after I say this. This is good. Don't you dare forget the place that God has brought you from, but you fail to celebrate that God has placed you in right now. All right, I'll run. I'll run. I'll handle that part. Don't you dare dare forget the place that God has brought you from, but fail to celebrate the place that he brought you to now. Now, here's, the ha- here's what happens. We don't forget the place God has brought us from many times because we still live there. We still get mail there. We're still hanging out there. We still spend the night there. Leave that place alone and celebrate the doggone place you're in now. You've been through enough, baby. Now it's time to celebrate. You want to talk about a turn-up? The turn-up happens in the place you're at right now. Right now. And too often we don't celebrate it. We complain about it. Do you know you pray to be where you're at now? Think about it, person. You pray, God, get me here. He got you there. Now you're complaining about it. Shame on you. Shame on you. I, listen, I'm, I'm not that type of preacher to beat you down. I'm not. I'm sorry. If I beat you down, it's okay to say ouch. It's okay to say ouch. But I'm not trying to because, listen, if anything, I'm going to do like this and be in an audience because I'm talking to me. God, get me here. God, God, you want, you want us to plant this church, God? You bless it. Oh, God, why ain't people showing up like I want them to? Oh, we got all these number of people on the, on the road, but they're not coming to church. Where are my volunteers? God, like, shut up, boy. This is my church. I only asked you to show up and share my word. Let me worry about the people. God, give me, give me a great wife and, and a beautiful family, but I'm yelling at my kids. And why don't y'all just listen sometime? And wife, why did you cook this and not that? Uh, shut up, boy. You asked for this family. Shut up. I'm preaching this morning. You prayed to be the spot you're in right now, and you're complaining. Stop it. And begin to celebrate it. I dare you to do your happy dance right wherever you are. I'm not in this place, but in the place that God has placed you right now. (laughs) They're about to jump up. You're about to get turned up. Listen, listen, and I'm closing right here. I'm closing right here. I'm closing right here. God, let me tell you what Zacchaeus did. This is what Scripture says Zacchaeus did in this moment, right? He didn't forget his past. 
He celebrated. He had his people with him, but this is what he did. This is Zacchaeus, the richest man in that region at the time. Luke 19, 8 and 9 says this. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times, four times what I took from them. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. All of a sudden, all that money he had was nothing. I, would, I don't even want it. Let me give it back. And anybody I rob, I'm going to celebrate them by giving them four times what I took from them. He's celebrating where he is now. He's like, in order for me to really embrace this newness with Jesus, I've got to let some things go. I can't carry all that money with me. Let me tell you something now. All the possessions that you have in your life are not going with you to heaven. As a matter of fact, if there's any debt attached to it, your family's going to have to deal with it in your death. Oh, I'm not a guy quiet in here. Any of your possessions cannot go with you to heaven. Only your soul can. And let's work on making our soul beautiful and perfect for God. All you need for God to perform a miracle in your life is all that you have. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.